All right, and we're live. Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and I'm your host for the show. At Daily Confidence, uh, we share tips, strategies, and actionable advice to help you boost your confidence on a daily basis when it comes to running your business. During the show and after show, after the show, we usually give away gifts from a draw, and for you to uh, enter the draw, you need to like, subscribe, or comment on the live show. Ask a question as we go through the uh, conversation here. If you have a friend that could benefit from the topic of the conversation, tag them on social media, and um, that way you enter the draw. Now, today I have an amazing guest, Bob Berg. Welcome, Bob. Hi, Mustafa. Great to be with you. Great to have you. I'm going to do the proper introduction, and we're going to dive into some really amazing uh, conversation that I've been uh, looking forward to. So Bob Burke is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with a total sales sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold well over 975,000 copies, and it's been translated into 29 different languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He's also an unapologetic uh, animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Fairy Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his town of Jupiter, Florida. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Mustafa. Now, Bob, I must admit there, I'm, I'm, I'm a reader. I read like 20 or 30 books a year. Great. And there are only two books that I've read multiple times. One is... Uh, uh, Working with the Law with Raymond Hollywell, and the other one is the Go Giver Your Book. That wow, I have thank you read your book probably six or seven times or even more. I read it like once or twice a year, and uh, it is amazing. I take that as a great compliment. Appreciate that. And so I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. And so Bob, since we don't have a lot of time, let's get right into it. What is your story? Uh, I began in broadcasting, uh, was not very good at it, graduated to sales, had no training in sales, so I floundered for the first few months. Uh, after that, I was lucky enough to be in a bookstore where I came across a couple of books on selling. Uh, this was 40 years ago or so, and back then, you know, something not everybody knew about books on selling, right? It was, it was different than it is now. So I was just delighted. Uh, wow, you mean there's actually a way how to sell? I, I really had no idea. I floundered miserably for three months, just knocking on doors, making calls, talking on and on and on about my products, not realizing that's not the way to sell, right? Uh, so I, I got these two books. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by Zig Ziglar, two of the sales icons of back then and and really even now. And um uh, I started studying it and learning and applying. And in a very short period of time, my sales began to do really well. 
And it was encouraging to me because it said, if you've got a methodology for something, you can pretty much accomplish anything within reason. Uh, you didn't have to reinvent the wheel or invent the wheel. It's already invented. You just need to follow the manual, right? I call it a system. <laughs> and I define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and you'll get the desired results of B. So to me, that was just magic. That was wonderful. And uh, so I started really studying everything I could on sales, going to conferences when I could, getting every, back then it was cassette tape album, right? That's how long ago it was. Um, studying all sorts of personal development, getting all the books like How to Win Friends and Influence People and, and mm -hmm. The Magic of Thinking Big and, and Think and Grow Rich and Psycho-Cybernetics and all the, and just really, you know, eventually I, I became sales manager of a different company. And from there, I started teaching others how to do the same. And uh, about 30 years later after that, uh, here we are. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And so what industry was it in that you were selling, selling, I started in uh, in um, advertising sales. Okay, good. So good TV good. radio uh, advertising time. So, what's the story behind the Go Giver as a book? How did well, this? Yeah, well, years ago, I, I had a book called Endless Referrals, Network Your yes. Everyday Contacts into Sales. That was sort of a manual, a system, if you will, for uh -huh. people who, uh, entrepreneurs, salespeople, they knew they had a great product or service. They were proud of it. They knew it brought great value to others, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable with the process of going out into their communities and cultivating the relationships that would put people in front of them, both directly mm -hmm. and through referrals. So Endless Referrals was a book on how to develop those relationships. It was very step-by-step. -step and and uh, the premise was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And the book helped them to genuinely and authentically get to that place in their relationships. Well, uh, I'd always read uh, business parables and I'd always found them to be great reads. I think stories connect on a heart to heart level between the author and the reader. And, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take that basic idea, the know, like, and trust and so forth and put it into a business parable. So, you know, the first thing I thought of was, so what's the uh, essence of a, a person who's able to both quickly and sustainably uh, cultivate those no like and trust relationships. And it's that they're givers. They're always looking for ways to give value to others. And so it was easy to come up with the title, the go giver. But the best thing I did was ask John David Mann, who at the time was the editor in chief of a magazine I used to write for. And back then he wasn't as well known as he is now, but boy, the people who knew him knew how brilliant he was. And I asked him if he would be the lead writer slash storyteller uh, and, you know, co-author this together with me. And fortunately, he thought it was a good idea. And so, uh, you know, we wrote the story. And uh, after about 25 rejections over the course of the next year, we finally found the perfect publishing partner for us, which was Portfolio uh, Division of Penguin Random House. And, you know, that's that kind of got it started. And now we have four books in the series. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so what is the promise of the book? Well, 
Yeah, that's such a great question because it always begins with a premise, doesn't it? You know, that foundation, what it's really all about. And it, it's simply this. It, 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 it's simply this, that shifting your focus, okay? And that's really where it, where it all begins. Shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. It, it's understanding that doing so is not only a, a, a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some, you know, way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical type of reasons. Not at all. It's actually, it, 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 it's, it, it's very logical. It's very rational. Mustafa, when you're that person, and I know you are, when you're that person who can take your focus off yourself and place it onto helping others, making their lives better, helping them solve their challenges, helping bring them closer to happiness with your solutions, people feel good about you. Yeah, People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you if that's appropriate. And they definitely want to tell others about you. They want to be what we call your personal walking ambassador. So that's why doing business this way actually makes rational sense. Absolutely. So um, let's get right into the meat of what we talk. Now, what I love about your book is the fact that it's a it's a business fiction. Mm -hmm. And so you're teaching through a story. And that's why I've read it God knows how many times. Yeah, it's because... It's short, it's sweet, it is to the point, and you're teaching your uh, points like in a story format, which is like the best format. It's not the cut and dry, you know, step one, do this, step two, do that. So I, I love that. So give us a quick overview of the five laws that you cover in the book. Yeah, so the laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Law number one is all about the experience you provide. It's giving more in value than what you take in payment while you still, of course, make a very healthy profit. Well, how is that possible? We need to understand the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar figure, okay? Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you make a very healthy profit? You know, it's, it's sort of like... Um, Hiring an accountant to do your taxes, you pay her $1,000, that's her fee or her price, but what value does she provide you in exchange? Well, she saves you $5,000 in your taxes, she um, saves you countless hours of time, she provides you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly, right? So she has just given you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 price. So you feel great about it, but she also made a very healthy profit, which she should, okay? Um, here's the thing. In any free market-based exchange, okay, there should always be two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them come away much better off afterwards than they were beforehand. That's really the law of value in a nutshell. Now, it happens, though, because your accountant was not 
focused on her fee. She was focused on the immense value she was providing you. The fee is simply the result. So this is why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Money is an echo of value. In other words, the focus must be on providing value to the other person. The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. That's Absolutely. yeah, that's that's law of value. Yeah. Now, the law of compensation takes it to the next level. Uh, the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with that exceptional value, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. Your mm -hmm. accountant in the last example did a great job of giving you more in value than she took in payment. If you're her client, you feel great about her, you would do business with her again, and you'd most likely refer her to others. Well, her other customers feel the same way, right? So our accountant is very quickly amassing that army of personal walking ambassadors, singing her praises. And as she continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people, her income will continue to grow and grow. And that's law number two. Can I just add something real quick? Sure. As a result of the second law, something that I teach and I practice all the time is our main goal is set in terms of the number of people that we need to serve and support, mm -hmm. not in terms of money. We set it that way so that money is a natural byproduct of our goal. It's not the goal. Right. And it comes across in our communication. So we need to focus on serving more people. Mm -hmm. Right. And finding and, you know, so that money is not the goal. Right. All right. Continue, please. Well, law number three is the law of influence, which says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds a little counterintuitive when you first hear it until you realize that the greatest leaders, top producers, most consistently high money earners, this is exactly what they do. They're always placing their customers' interests first, okay? Uh, but let me explain something, and I, I think this is really important to, to, to qualify this statement. When we say place the other person's interests first, Mustafa, we don't mean you should ever be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply mm -hmm. back to something we talked about earlier, and as Joe, the protege, learned in the story, from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business, of sales, says that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from what we call an I focus or me focus to an other focus, looking mm -hmm. for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors advised Joe, to make your win all about the other person's win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another another mentor of mine, Jay Fissett, I don't know if you know him or not, he talks about going in first, right? So I go in first, I help the other people uh, first, and then uh, in return, maybe they'll, they'll help me or someone else maybe t turn around and help me in another way or two. Yeah. And you know, okay. yeah. So, um, and that's, that's a great point. So, uh, number four is the law of authenticity. 
And this one simply says that the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Mm-hmm. And in this part of the story, Deborah, one of the mentors, the the kind of the, the the main mentor in that part, she shared a very important message. And that is that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, um, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very, very important. Um, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. Mm-hmm. Do when you show up as yourself, right? Day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel comfortable with you. They feel good about you. They feel safe with you. Why wouldn't they? They know who they're getting, right? And people crave consistency in others. Without consistency, it's difficult to have trust. Okay, so they, you know, now they they come to to like you, to love you, to trust you, to want to be in relationship with you. So the best thing we can do is show up, you know, really uh, based on our core authentic values. Um, Love it. Christine Schlinski says, love all the books to go giver was actually life changing for me. Well, I, I know Christine very well. She's a great, great friend of mine and colleague, and I've been on her show. She's been on mine, and she is really one of the top sales professionals, practitioners, teachers, and now podcast hosts. So Absolutely. I just have a world of respect for her. Absolutely. Um, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. One, one thing about this authenticity and, and keeping consistent is, uh, in my marketing experience, I know as people try to, uh, serve everybody and anybody. And what happens is they have multiple messages. There's no consistency in the message. And then when the message is changing all the time, they have a hard time establishing that one thing that they should, they should be known for. And that they, you know, it, 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 the, the consistency, then uh, the inconsistency in the messages will hurt them with their business and being authentic and the rest of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it always depends upon the, the, the business and upon your niche and how, you know, how certain things are set up, but yes, uh, exactly. If you're putting out inconsistent messaging, it's about the worst, you know, it's about the worst thing you can do because no one knows really who you are and they get the feeling you don't know who you are. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. What's um, the fifth law? Well, this is the one that kind of brings it home. And this is the law of receptivity. And the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Uh, this really means nothing more than understanding that, yes, as as human brings, beings, we breathe out, but we also have to breathe in, right? We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe, we breathe out, which is giving, and we breathe in, which is receiving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the messages we get from the world around us when it comes to money and prosperity and abundance and business are so very, very negative. And these messages, which we see from the time we're very young, uh, you know, throughout our upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, and we hear it from everywhere about, you know, you, you think that people, anyone who 
who makes a great living did so on the backs of others or through some nefarious means or through, and hey, it's a big world. There are people who do bad things, but no, nah, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, and especially to the degree that you live in a market-based economy, meaning no one's forced to do business with you, right? Nobody's gonna buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're gonna buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so. And as mm -hmm. you give great value to many people, as you place their interests first, as you come from an authentic core, you've created that benevolent context for success and the money begins to flow to you, but you've gotta be able to receive it. But this is why you know we say that, that giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same same coin. But yeah. when, you know, the giving comes first. We sow before we reap. But when it's the time to, to receive, we need to be able to receive it. And I think it's important because of this to study the many great people out there who, who teach prosperity thinking. You know, the Randy Gages and the David Nagels and the Sharon Lecters and the the Ellen Rogans and the Bob Proctors and the, you know, the Ken Hondas and the people out there who do such a wonderful job of 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 sharing with us how, you know, prosperity is really a mindset. And mm -hmm. it's getting past those mental blocks and the unconscious, you know, pushing it away and so forth. So I think it's, you know, it's very important. But when you do combine all five of the laws, value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity, now that's a, a very powerful combination to absolutely have a business that's a lot more fun and a lot less stressful and a lot more profitable. So, Bob, over the years, I've worked with a lot of people when they're marketing, helping them grow and scale. And mm -hmm. some of the pieces we could help them figure out but when we get to the receptivity part mm -hmm. they have a self-worth issue mm -hmm. what is your advice in that how do you deal with that well the, so the first thing, and randy gage talks a lot about this um the first thing is is it's got to be recognized you know because most of the most issues as you say when it comes to the inability to receive in fact a beautiful book about this was written was published in 1960 uh by dr maxwell maltz called psycho cybernetics absolutely and he was really the first modern thinker who who kind of connected uh you know our belief systems with our results Right. Mm -hmm. And he knew he understood that the way we see the world, the, the way we view the world, our paradigm, if you will, uh, our I call it our belief system, our unconscious yep. operating system that is going to dictate our results. OK, exactly. If you see yourself and again, going back to Randy Gage, if you see yourself as someone unworthy and it's often unconscious, by the way, it's usually unconscious. It practically is always unconscious. Right. Well, you're not going to be able to get past it. So you first got to recognize it. So if there's a pattern of not receiving or sabotaging oneself, you've got to ask yourself why. So yep. recognizing it is that first point. Now, once you're at the point where you've recognized it, now you can take the steps to get, get past that. And it might be working with a, a coach who can help you get past some of those blocks. It might be working with a, you know, with a, 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 a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It might be, you know, reading more and learning more about yourself. It might be self exploration, but yes, once we realize that we've got to get past those blocks, that's where psycho cybernetics was, was such a fantastic, you know, it's a fantastic mm -hmm. title, but it was a very 
down to earth uh, book. Absolutely. Um, Psycho cybernetics is uh, actually on my top five list along with your yeah. book. And it's oh, one of the, one of the books that I read and I was high on the information that I read. Like it wasn't like I was smoking or I wasn't some good stuff. The same way when I first read it, it opened up a whole new world of thought for me. Yeah. It opened up faculties <laughs> in my mind that I didn't know they exist. I was like walking around the house whistling. I'm like, ah, this is so good. It's amazing. Yeah. So if, if so, cause the issue that I see is people build their marketing funnels, people uh, get everything set up and they don't implement. Mm. And they have that self-worth issue or they don't ask for the sale. They don't ask for the money. Right. And so if you have that issue, like Bob said, pick up Psycho-Cybernetics. That's another great book on top of The Go-Giver. Now, I'm, I'm curious, Bob, how did you guys narrow down the list to five laws? Because I know there are more than five out there. Yeah. Well, what we figure is they kind of all fall within those. So, okay. so John, who was also a very successful entrepreneur, um, John and I have both, you know, what we, what we discovered was uh, because we really, you know, we had known each other again through um, him being the uh, editor in chief, but I'd never actually met him uh, personally until we got together that night to discuss the the actual book okay but we really discovered about each other that we're both just real students of success we both read and studied and interviewed people and of course speaking at conferences getting to know them and there were certain things about successful people that showed mm -hmm. up every single time Okay. And it wasn't just four of those laws. It was all five of those laws. Right. And that was, exactly. what was and that's why we say, yeah, there's many more laws, but they all kind of fall within those. And that's a time. Yeah. I, did you guys have a hard time? Like, did it take you some time to condense it down to five? It wasn't when, that. You, when you guys were writing the book. No, it, it, it wasn't that the first couple just came right away. Uh, okay. then, you know, then the next one we added on as to, okay, so why, how do you get to the point that those first two come and then authenticity, we always say authenticity and receptivity kind of wrote themselves. Now, again, the laws themselves were already there. It was what they were going to be named that, yes. we that was going exactly. to be the, you know, the, 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 um, um, that was going to be the descriptor of what they were. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Um, there is, the reason I asked that is. Um, I'm his biggest student and a fan of the 80-20 principle. Mm -hmm. And people usually have a hard time identifying what are the top 20% that drive the 80%. Right. And you definitely nailed it, nailed it down with the five that drive the 80% uh, success, you. right? And so I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, they, they must have thought about this real hard to come up with a with the five, with a compelling story and the rest of it. So yeah, thank you. Good job there, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, going back to value, uh, in this day and age with the tough e economy, a bunch of people lost their jobs, millions and millions. And um, a lot of people are starting new businesses. Now, in my experience, what I've, what I've seen is most uh, newbies and startups are out there trying to sell. Right. And instead of providing value. So what advice do you have for them to get them started and provide value without it costing them too much? and help them understand what, what, what needs to happen there. 
Well, I mean, it, so it, it depends on the business itself, of course, and it depends And certain businesses have certain cycles and, you, you know, you can have businesses where you immediately are in a position to be able to have the sale happen and others where it's not going to happen for a while. Again, this depends a lot on the type of business, but what you've really got to have is a focus on providing value to that other person, understanding that. And remember when we define value as the relative worth or desirability of a thing, right? It means that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's what they believe is of value, not what mm -hmm. we believe is of value and not what we believe they should believe is of value. So we've got to find ways to connect with people at, at where they are. Okay. Got it. And, you know, again, I, I believe in most cases it's, you know, you build a relationship and, and they buy from you uh, before they're buying from your, you know, before they're buying your product and before they're buying your company, they're buying from you. So to the degree you have that no like and trust relationship, now the sale, you know, the sales process takes care of itself. Absolutely. Now, for the same people over the years, I've experienced over the years that it's a lot easier to work and learn from someone that has done it before, mm -hmm. aka a mentor. Uh -huh. What advice do you have for people that want to find a mentor? And uh, what should they not do if they're starting from scratch? Well, I think it is a good idea to find a mentor when you can. But, but I would suggest not being too attached to it having to be one specific person also understanding there are many places these days you can find mentors and they can be in books they can be in videos they can be in it right but i know you're what you're talking about is that kind of one-on-one -on -one mentor and that again is very important when you can find that it's great um uh, you can you can certainly approach anyone you know within reason um, but i think the a good idea is to not approach someone when there's no relationship really established and just simply say, Hey, would you be my mentor? <laughs> right? Because the chances are, if you are approaching this person asking to be your mentor, probably a whole ton of other people are as well. And just with there not being a relationship established and you're asking that person basically for the marriage before the date, uh, there's nothing that distinguishes you from anyone else. And they're going to be probably less likely to want to invest time with you. On the other hand, you can approach pretty much anyone and, you know, say to that person, uh, and, and again, I would say it in a, in a way really similar to this, you know, I understand or I realize you are extremely busy. And if this is something you don't have time to do, or just simply you'd rather not do, I totally understand. I'm wondering if I may ask you one or two very specific questions. Mm-hmm. Now, when you ask like that, you're doing a few things. One is you're respecting the process itself. You're not coming across entitled as though they owe you 30 years of their experience, even though they don't know you, right? Um, you're letting them know this is a big thing. Um, second, you are giving them what I call the out or the back door, which people appreciate. When you say, I understand you're very busy, you know, if you don't have the time or if you just rather, I totally understand. And the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take, the less they feel the need to take it. One, because people value a sense of autonomy. They don't want to feel pressured. They want their choice to be their own. Secondly, when you ask like that, they, they get the picture that you are not one of these people who's going to waste their time. Okay. Absolutely. The third thing you did, which is very important, is you were very specific. 
you said, if I could ask you one or two very specific questions, again, you're not just asking, can I pick your brain? So in other words, can I waste your time for the next hour asking you a bunch of inane questions? No, what you're communicating is that you have an agenda. And when I say agenda in this context, I mean that complimentary, I mean that in a good way, not a you know, hidden agenda. No, you have an agenda. You know exactly what you want to at, right? Mm -hmm. So the chances are much more likely that this person's going to say, sure, go ahead. You know, what yeah. can I do, right? Now, you want to make sure to research this person thoroughly so that you don't ask anything that you could have known the answer to, you know, by researching. But um, but you ask your questions. You don't take up much of their time. You you thank them profusely for their, you know, for their help. And you let them know that if it's OK, you'll touch base and circle back and let them know how things are going. And they'll say, yeah, please let me know. Right now that day, I would suggest writing a handwritten personalized thank you note, not a text, not an email, a brief handwritten prayer just says something like, you know, hi, Mr. So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so or however the relationship has been established. Thank you once again for taking time out of your day. Uh, your information was absolutely so insightful and helpful, and I look forward to applying it right away. Um, uh, I'll, you know, I'll circle back with you and let you know how things are progressing again many thanks best regards sign your name put it in a number 10 or a regular envelope stamp it send it out it will make a great great impression i would also find out what that person's favorite charity is which you can easily again see research online do a search call their admin if you can't find it anywhere <clears throat> let's say it's the local um, uh, animal shelter right well make a small doesn't have to be anything big make a small donation in their name okay it'll get back to them now you're not doing it in order to kiss up or anything you're doing it just to again communicate i guess sure affect the process yeah. exactly and so again now you follow up a few weeks later ask another question you know in time maybe a mentor protege relationship develops maybe it doesn't maybe you were only supposed to meet with this person one time and you do it with someone else and someone else and eventually if the right person comes along that there's supposed to be an ongoing mentor protege relationship there will be if not yeah. there won't be and you'll okay and, and that's really i think the best way to approach it you got it you got it um uh bob i know we're running out of time gang if you uh, have not picked up the Go-Giver by Bob Berg and David Ma Mann. Did I get that right? Yeah, John David Mann. Yeah. John David Mann. Uh, I'm posting a link here. Go get it on Amazon. I literally looked at it and it was on sale. So if you want to get it today, you're going to get it, get a good deal on it. And if you don't get like a thousand time value out of your investment in this book, I'll give you your money back and then some, right? <laughs> I will personally guarantee this read for you. And it's a short, sweet read. And um, my last two questions for you, Bob, um, what are two books that have made a massive impact on your life? Oh, a book called um, a Peace, Power and Plenty by Orison Sweat Martin, written back in 1900. He was the founder of Success Magazine. Uh, Orison Sweat Martin, Peace, Power and Plenty. It's just a a gold mine of wisdom. Oh, it's just a beautiful book. Love uh, it. Never heard of it. 
Now, another one was The Secret of Selling Anything by Harry Brown. It was published in about 2008 after he passed away. It was based on two manuscripts he wrote back in the 1960s. It's really a book about understanding human nature. It's a, just a magnificent brief, really brief study in human nature and how that applies to sales. And by the way, you know, The Secret of Selling Anything, as he says in the book, The Secret of Selling need not be a secret. It's simply find out what the other person wants and help them get it. Yeah. <laughs> Provide that value to them. Right. Yeah. So last question, if you had a, an ad on the internet, on Facebook, Google, where everyone on earth could see it, what would your message be? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, so not the one that says I'm uh, Christine Schlonsky's biggest fan. And president of her fan club, <laughs> not that one. Uh, I'd say it would be do your best to make people feel genuinely good about themselves. Love it. Do your best to make people genuinely feel good about yep, themselves. Yep, yep. Do your best to make people feel genuinely good about themselves. Feel genuinely good about themselves love it bob is there anything that you would like to add that i haven't asked no i appreciate you having me on your show you're a fantastic guy i've enjoyed getting to know you on social media and it's just Likewise. an honor to be able to finally meet you in person be it that it's not totally in person but on zoom but still in person hopefully one day hopefully. thank you very much i appreciate your message and uh your time and uh dedicated time to share your message with our tribe Gang, again, the uh, link is in the uh, sh in the comments, and it, it will be in the show notes. Grab a copy if you haven't already and gift it to someone else to make a massive impact in their life. Bob, I really appreciate your time, and I understand if you need to leave, that's fine as well. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope to chat with you again soon because I feel like I could uh, you know, continue this conversation for another <laughs> two or three hours easily. <laughs> Thank you, Mustafa. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Great to have you. Now, for those of you who are watching and listening, one way that we help our audience boost their confidence and become more confident when it comes into running their business and uh, their marketing is by helping them create and implement their one-page marketing plan in three days or less. And uh, we do that through our uh, bootcamp simple marketing formula which is a three-day live event. You hang out with people, you mastermind with people, and uh, basically you run ideas together and uh, walk out with your one-page marketing plan completed. In this day and age where there, where there is so much going on and there are so many shiny objects in the marketing world, it is absolutely essential to have a plan that you could use on a daily basis, especially a simple one-page plan that uh, increases your chances of success by close to 80%. And so I'm gonna put the link here in the uh, chat box and on the show notes. If you wanted to check it out, visit persayo.com forward slash join dash SMF. The site again is persayo.com, P-E-R-S-Y-O.com forward slash join hyphen SMF. And I look forward to hanging out with you. If you have any questions, comments, feedback about the book, about Bob's other uh, uh, books that you have read, please leave a comment, ask a question. And I would appreciate it if you 
rate and comment uh, on uh, our show on Apple Podcast. If you have any questions for me or Bob, post it and we will get back to you. Both Bob and I do follow the threads here on social media and uh, you, we can get back to you. Have a wonderful day and week and uh, stay confident and we'll see you on our next show. My name is Mustafa Hosseini and have a great day. Bye-bye.